Welcome to the Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man podcast, dedicated to all the men who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages, with host Arturo Henriquez and sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I thank you for being here. Before we get started, I want to ask you guys a big favor. Um, If you guys like this podcast, like the episodes, please, please uh, give us your review. Put some comments in there. The algorithm for podcasts allows that to be viewed by more people like you who are looking for solutions to their marriage, to their situation. I've talked with so many people, hundreds of people, and they, you know, I'm so humbled by how thankful they are about this podcast. And we want this podcast to reach the most people out there. So if I could just ask you that favor of leaving a review, putting comments, it goes a long way in making this podcast go, go up the charts and then reach more people. And as well, I also want to you know, extend a courtesy phone call with myself uh, to talk about your particular situation. It's free of charge. You just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L, and happy to talk to you guys. Now, let's get to this episode. So sometimes when you're in the midst of trying to save your marriage, you know, one of the biggest things that you're battling is being surrounded by negativity. You already have the crisis of the marriage, and generally when we're in the middle of a crisis, We're surrounded already by the negative elements of that crisis. We don't have a crisis of being in a great mood. We have a great uh, crisis of being in a place of negativity, really. Many people want to leave their marriage because of what they sense as the repeated negativity that comes out in the relationship. Somehow that negativity begins to be the way that captures everyone around the crisis. You might be experiencing negativity from your wife right now. In fact, I would almost guarantee that you're experiencing some negativity from your spouse, at least while you're beginning to work to rebuild the relationship. But you may also be experiencing negativity from other people. And then the worst source, at least in terms of working in the relationship, is the negativity that you probably experience from within, from yourself. You know, those places of self-doubt, the places where you beat yourself up for what you should have done differently in the, you know, in the past. The places where you play the would have, could have, should have of the past and replay those events and the fights and the arguments and how you might have tried to save the relationship in ways that ended up putting it even more, you know, possibly even more at risk in the process of trying to do that. So your intentions were good, yet the way you went about it wasn't maybe the right way. And you find yourself surrounded by the negativity. A spouse who's telling you there's no way this marriage can be saved and that there's no way they can imagine staying in the marriage. All the while, other people are telling you, you need to get out. You just need to get out of this marriage. And then you have your self-talk also, you know, beating yourself up about all the things you could have done better. So today I want to talk a little bit about why that negativity comes around and what it's really about. And then I want to talk about, you know, some of the reactions you might have from that negativity. And then I want to talk a little bit about what you choose as a response rather than allowing yourself to simply have that 
reaction to that negativity that you've been having. So first, some of the reasons for that negativity. The first one that I would point to is the fears and the protection level. Fears and protection are the places both within you, your spouse and others around you that have fears about where do you go from here? You know, where do I go from here? And let's be clear that in our culture, there are very few examples that you can point to of people who have actually recovered from their marriage. Not because it hasn't happened, but because people don't talk about it. People don't parade the fact that their marriage was in trouble, at least not that often. They don't parade around the fact that their marriage was in trouble and how they want to find a way of living through that. And so you're not going to be talking about the fact that they have a tough relationship. You're not going to be listening about all these things that are actually happening all around you. They don't want to talk about the fact that there's a difficult level in their relationship that they're now working through. This stuff is not seen in social media and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and other places. You know, we only see the good stuff. We don't see this, you know, the tough times in a relationship, the tough times in a marriage. The fact is, though, that 100%, and I say that, 100% of relationships have trouble somewhere in their relationship. And somewhere about 50% figure out how to get beyond that. But 100% are going to have times when the relationship is tough. That's just the facts. That's the statistics. And so when we look at that, when we recognize that everybody has a difficult time in their relationship, and we realize that about half of the people find a way through it, we realize that we're not hearing the story about the struggles. And so we have some fears and natural places of protection because we don't have those good examples around us. We only see the Instagram stories, the Facebook stories, which talk about a perfect marriage. And we believe that ours is the outlier, that ours is the, you know, the one that didn't make it, that you know, one in 10. But that's really not what's going on because, again, we're not seeing these stories. We're not seeing these um, other people going through struggles because of their fears and their protection mechanisms are not allowing us. So we don't have those reference points. We don't have those good examples of people that went through troubled times, marriage crises, and got through them. See, my guess is if you, if you come out of a family where your parents struggle with their marriage, they didn't tell you much about those struggles. They probably tried to protect you from the struggles. You know, I certainly, my father died when I was 17, but my memories of my, the relationship between my parents are very, very good memories, very good memories of happiness, of joy, of, of love, of caring. And as I've grown older and I've talked to my mother, you know, she's confessed to me that things weren't as rosy as they would, you know, they, they'd appear to me and my brothers and sisters. So that's just the fact. My parents were protecting us from their rough times. And if you've had friends who've gone through it many times, those struggles are behind the bedroom doors. They're kept quiet, kept away from the public eye as they work through them. And so some people don't recognize that they have fears, that there's no path back from the difficulties. 
and they don't want to see you hurting. And a spouse doesn't want to hurt. And so a spouse can be in protection mode. And you and your friends might be in protection mode trying to stay away from the pain and the hurt of that. And so one of the big reasons that people have this negativity about the possibility of a marriage being saved is really simply out of fear. They don't know how it could happen that you could get back to a very good place. And they want to be very protective because they don't want more of the bad. They don't want more of the hurt. Many times as I watch somebody struggle to save their relationship and all they're hearing from other people around them, it's not possible. Don't do it. Give up. Walk away. It's that their friends, their loved ones don't want to see them hurting anymore. They imagine that if they give up and walk away, the pain goes away. But in reality, that's not what actually happens. It what really causes us to find relief, to find a better place, is to work through those difficulties, to find a better path for the relationship. But we don't know about that. People don't know that path. And so think about the fact that those loved ones around you, and even yourself, want the best, you know, the best for you, want you to feel better. And so one easy way, because they don't know that there's another path, is just to see that there's no way back. Your spouse might be playing in their own fears. What if I give it another chance? What if I try again and I can't make it further forward? What if I try again and I fail? I step back into this and I allow myself to be back open to that possibility only to have it happen again. So we have these fears and protections levels that swirl around us. Now the second area is anger and resentment. That is more from where the spouse might be, right? Your spouse, your wife might have anger and resentment. And by the way, you might also have anger and resentment over the expectation of what you thought the marriage would be. I remember when my wife told me that she wanted a separation. I was also at that point. I wanted a separation. We were both angry and resentful and were ready to throw in the towel. I chose to save it though, and we saved our marriage. My wife came back to the marriage. But we both had that resentment, that anger. All of this negativity is because of the hurt. Remember, resentment and anger are all masks for pain, for hurt. It's because of that place. Remember that anger and resentment always evolve out of hurt. And so if you and your spouse have experienced hurt, have hurt each other, And by the way, I would give you a guarantee that that's pretty much the case. Then you probably are feeling some of that anger and resentment. And as that anger and resentment kind of bubbles around, it creates a a negativity in the relationship that can keep you frozen. The final place that negativity comes from is the paradigm of I'm stuck. I kind of think of negativity as being almost a virus. It's contagious, right? So if your spouse is giving up, if your spouse doesn't see a way around it, that negativity can easily become a virus that then you can catch. And so you might start with a hopeful attitude, but as it goes on, you may lose your hope and you may catch the virus of negativity because your paradigm is one of being stuck. You simply don't know the way forward. I've been doing this now for, you know, for six years. 
And the biggest roadblocks is that, that you know, the paradigm of being stuck, that people just don't know a how or a way forward in their marriage. They just don't know that a marriage could and should be saved. The fact that a marriage, even in difficult times, has the capacity of getting to a better place and how to get to that better place. There's no model for that. There's no roadmap that they know of. Most people are not really good at this marriage thing and certainly not really good at the marriage recovery thing. Our culture doesn't give us a rule book. We don't have those reference points. Our culture didn't say, here's what happens when you get married. Here's how you build a great relationship. Here's how you go through those tough times and get past them. Instead, we have a nice little ceremony that costs a lot of money and people pat us on the back, give us a hug and send us on our way to figure it out as we battle it through. And so our paradigms are pretty limited, both in how to carry out a marriage and how to fix it when it's in trouble. In fact, a lot of people have a really stuck paradigm that says that if the marriage is having trouble, it must be wrong. There's a chance that that paradigm itself is the biggest problem we have because then when things get difficult, we think, oh, that's the proof that this shouldn't be happening, that this shouldn't be a relationship that we continue. And interestingly enough, it's one of the rare places where we apply that particular paradigm. If you want to get better at something, you go through a struggle to get there. Nobody says, if I was supposed to be able to get strong, it wouldn't be such a struggle. I haven't seen anybody go to the gym successfully and decide to look at a barbell and say, you know what? I really shouldn't have to pick up much. It shouldn't be a struggle to get stronger. It just shouldn't happen. See, we have this paradigm in lots of areas of our life that the reality is, if you put in the effort through the difficult times, you do get something out of it, but you've got to put in the effort in the difficult times. Think about fitness. Think about losing weight. Think about when you're in, in a sports team. Think about when you were in school. Think about when you have tough uh, situations with your family members, your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father. Think about when you have troubled times with your friends. You always push through it. Our paradigms are often stuck, and that leads to that negativity. So we have this place where we're caught because of fear and a protection level by anger and resentment that sees us around underneath, and then the fact that we don't have a new paradigm to move into. And it creates some reactions. And these are reactions that you might have, that your spouse might have. The first one is to give up. And the give up part, that first reaction just to give up is just to give in to the negativity. Just to give up and say, you know what? It's easier for me to go on my way. Now let me be very clear that there is no chance that every marriage is going to be saved. In fact, I never have believed that I could ever get to 100% of marriage saved. But I do know that lots more marriages can be saved than are saved. And in the Fortified Spouse Program, we have an 85% success rate. And the first thing we have to get beyond is the initial place of feeling like giving up. And if, if we take it one step further, it's okay to feel like giving up. 
But I always draw that as being different than deciding to give up. And so the reaction is in feeling like giving up. The reaction is in feeling like I've got to give up. This is too tiring. It's too hard. It's too scary. And so I give up. The second reaction, which is no more helpful, is to get angry at other people's negativity. Maybe even angry at yourself for that negativity, you know, to really get upset about that and react to that. And when we react with anger, it comes off as, you know, a push away. So your spouse is feeling negativity and is expressing that. And if you react with anger instead of being at a place of connection that's possible with your spouse, it's a push away to your spouse. You're pushing her away. And so your spouse goes, see, this is why I feel this way. It only reinforces their negativity. And the third way that we often react, that people react, is with depression. People kind of get hopeless. And so that negativity then moves into a new level. The new level is hopelessness. Where it was a negative, I don't see how this could happen. I don't know how we could rebuild. I don't know how to move forward. It now begins to be hopeless. There's no way to move forward. Now notice that there's a shift there. And it's a subtle shift, but it's a very clear shift. I've seen it so many times. People will start with a spouse saying, I don't know how we could rebuild this. And a spouse will hear that as there's no way for it to happen, rather than hearing it as I do not see the way to do this. I do not see a path through this. And what a spouse is saying in that I don't know how to do it, I don't know how we could do that, they're talking about negativity. But it's met with a hopelessness where the person says, well, we can't we just give up. And so I've seen conversations quickly devolve into a spouse saying, I don't feel the love. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we would get there. And they end up separated when the only difference between the two outcomes of separation or rebuilding would be to say, you know what? I do. I do see a path forward. Let's figure out how we work towards a new model of being. Let's figure out how we find a third option. One of the clear paradigm stick points is that people see one of two choices. One is to stay in a marriage and be miserable. I've never been a proponent of that. I've been a proponent of staying in a marriage and working through the difficult times. But I'm not for staying in a marriage and being miserable. But then there's others that see the other option is leaving the marriage and finding happiness. And the false side of that is believing that just by leaving the marriage, there's happiness to be found. Sometimes people leave a marriage only to discover that it wasn't the marriage after all. That the misery wasn't by the marriage. The marriage was just part of a bigger cycle. And what we miss is that formulation in that third option. A third option is to build a marriage that both people would treasure and protect because it's full of love and respect. And I'm always for that third option. But sometimes people get so hopeless that they forget the third option. So what's a better response in those reactions? Well, the first one is to acknowledge and examine the negativity. To be able to say somebody, I get it. I get why you don't see a possibility. But let's talk some about why 
you are seeing that negativity, why you feel that negativity, and what is at the root of it, and recognize that we might be playing some old tapes from somewhere else that have nothing to do with the current situation, that your friends and family might be playing old tapes that have nothing to do with you, but their fears about what might happen, that your spouse might be playing those tapes, and to be able to just acknowledge the negativity, just to say, I get it. I see that we're in a tough spot. Let's talk about why we're here and how that feels. So the first is to acknowledge and examine. The second is for you to release those thoughts. Remember, a thought is just a thought. I've talked about this many, many times in training. The thought is just a thought, that it makes us feel a certain way. And so we're feeling negative. It's important to say, what am I thinking about that's got me to this point in feeling this way? And to recognize that that's a thought. It's not necessarily reality. So I'm going to let that go. I'm always in favor of us looking for the place of distinguishing between what we can control and what we cannot control. And what we can't control, we release. And some of that is the negativity that comes our way from a spouse, from friends, from family, and even some of the places where we might feel negativity in ourselves. We can't just get rid of it, but we can decide to release all the thoughts about that and release our capacity to try to control that, recognizing that we just can't. The third is to reorganize. Sometimes that negativity is telling you that your plan is not quite on target. And so it's a time to recognize and say, okay, obviously I'm pushing too hard. Obviously I'm creating too much pressure for my spouse. Obviously I'm pushing my agenda too hard. And it's a good chance to reorganize. Maybe you need to find some friends who can be supportive. That doesn't mean to get rid of the friends who are trying to protect you and the family members who are trying to protect you. But you might want to find some better places to do that, to recognize, reorganize, that is, around that negativity. And the fourth is to make your plan and stick to it. It's one of the most crucial pieces of the process is to make that plan and stick to it. Part of what I've done in the process is create the Fortified Spouse Program. It's to create a framework where people have a chance to think through a better model. The system is based on telling you the better way for a marriage to be, of showing you the path of how a marriage could and should be, of showing you a path of how you could become a better person, a better person that you've been in the marriage, a better husband, a better father, just to be a better person in general. It gives you the tools to equip yourself to move against the negativity because you now have a new model. You now recognize where the threat is coming from, where that fears are coming from, and you have a new model, a new program, a new process of moving in that direction. When I'm working with my clients, either coaching clients or in the VIP program, we work on creating a space to hold that negativity and not get caught up in it. In fact, one of the things I provide for uh, our members is we work hard to make sure their plan is on target. Because I know if you have your plan, you have your roadmap, you have your process. A program will almost guarantee that you continue to find a place where you can avoid that negativity not get sucked into it. 
Remember this one key point, you don't have to catch the negativity. You don't have to catch the virus that's infecting your spouse or that's been infecting you for quite some time. You can decide to continue your plan to save your marriage and reorganize around that negativity and actually save your marriage. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to the podcast, Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man. For further information, visit the Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.